0: Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 112 bears many similarities to the previous psalm, Psalm 111. One of those similarities being that they are both acrostic psalms. Both have 22 lines which begin with a a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it goes in order one after the other. Also, Psalm 111 and Psalm 112 bear similar themes, except one speaks more regarding the response of man, while the other, the glory of God. Charles Spurgeon says it bears the same relation to the preceding, which the moon does to the sun. For while the first declares the glory of God, the second speaks of the reflection of the divine brightness in men born from above. So, in this psalm, we find the glory of God manifest, as well as the blessings that come from those who fear Him and honor Him. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. In this psalm, we see the blessed life for the man that fears the Lord, that praises him, that honors him, that delights in him. This is the similar theme that we have witnessed throughout the Psalter, especially reminding us of Psalm 1, the blessed man, and the one who pursues wickedness. We also know that this is continually brought up in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, specifically the blessing for the people of God and the cursing that comes upon those who reject God. In Deuteronomy 28, there are those who obey God and they are blessed. Verse 3 says, "'You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country.'" The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. This is the promise of God, to bless those who are his. And of course, we know that the blessings of God do not always come in physical manifestations. Often, the blessings of God are expressed through spiritual realities. But it is important to note that a a certain characteristic of the man who is godly is that the Lord looks upon him and blesses him. If he does fear God, if he honors him, he is One who, as James Boyce comments, we are to revere God or stand in awe of Him. When we revere and stand in awe of God, all the rest of our life is shaped around what is most ultimate, which is to praise Him, to honor Him. And we see the blessing comes for the man who does this, who fears Him, and, note, he greatly delights in His commandments as I just had the opportunity to preach through Second John this previous Sunday. And in that chapter, we find again the reality that God blesses those who love him and keep his commandments. Those things are inseparable. You're not allowed to keep the Uh, love of God without the commandments of God. They go hand in hand. People who love the Lord will inevitably want to keep His commandments, and the Lord will inevitably bless Him. This is an amazing promise that God is going to bless those who honor Him, who delight in Him. And so, we know it is true that there are many who follow the ways of God, and yet they face persecutions and troubles and trials. But isn't it better to face the sufferings and persecutions and trials of this world and have the honor and blessing of God than to end up having Neither at the end of your life. So, we're reminded of ultimacy in this psalm, the things that God honors, the things that God promises, and for the righteous, the one who follows the Lord will find great blessing and generosity, and all of the ways that he follows the Lord will be met with the Lord's approval and, and again, His blessing. I love uh, one of the verses. In verse 6, the psalmist draws us to something that I think is important for us to remember, that the righteous will never be moved, and he will be remembered forever. So, not being moved means this kind of steadfastness, this courage, standing in the face of opposition, standing as one who is still in the midst of chaos, and he will be remembered forever. Now, we must consider the aspect of legacy here. What is it that we leave behind? But really, what is remembered forever is not even the character or personality of the man, but it is the righteousness that he stood for. People who are faithful to follow and honor God stand and are remembered for that standing. There are many we can think of throughout church history, and then especially when we turn to the Bible itself, thinking of people who stand for righteousness, who stand for God's name, who will not be moved by the continual back and forth of a culture that is untethered from a love for and obedience toward God. Rather, the one who loves God and obeys Him, follows Him, and finds surety, a steadfastness, a courage, a boldness. And in the midst of this steadfastness, he trusts in the Lord. We hear that here in the psalm. He's not afraid of bad news, his heart is firm. No matter what you throw at me, says the righteous man in the psalm, I'm not going to change my direction of wanting to please and honor God with my life. I trust in the Lord. Do you trust in the Lord today? As you're hearing this psalm, as you're thinking about this, do you really trust Him? Do you follow His commands? Do you delight in Him? Do you stand in awe of who He is? When you have bad news, when you have things that are uh, tempting to pull you away from the Lord, do you have an anchor that is able to ground you? And is that anchor God Himself Because the one who has his anchor as the Lord, he will not be afraid of this bad news. His heart is steadfast. He trusts in God. He is established and not afraid. Boyce again says the relationship of of God to the godly person is like the relationship of the sun to the moon. The sun shines by its own glorious light. The moon does not, but still it shines. And the way it shines is by reflecting the light coming to it from the sun. Perhaps this is the same thing that Spurgeon was drawing our attention to in the introduction to this psalm. But it is also so important to recognize we are not the sun. We're not the ones who produce this glorious light. Rather, if we trust in and follow and obey the Lord, we are indeed like the moon. We reflect His glory to a world that is in darkness and needs this rescue and redemption. God's goodness and mercy and justice all shining forth through His people to the world that is in need of His character. So, not only does the righteous have this promise, not only does the righteous reflect the glory of God, he receives the blessings of God, but then we see the contrast when the wicked man sees it, sees what? The exaltation of the horn that's in the previous verse, it talks about in verse 9 how the righteous is going to be exalted. Uh, but also, now we find what happens when God exalts those who are his. The wicked are angry about it, they gnash their teeth, they melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. No longer are they able to rejoice in what they have because they see the true blessing comes to those who love God, who reflect Him, and who continue to delight in Him. They will be remembered. All who follow the Lord will be remembered. Maybe not by the world, maybe not in newspapers, maybe we'll not have our names etched in stone, but our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the one who will remember us, is the one who we really should care if he knows us, and that is the Lord himself. One comment that cited in Spurgeon says, When all the flashes of pleasure are quite extinct, when all the flowers of secular glory are withered away, when all earthly treasures are buried in darkness, when this world and all the fashion of it are utterly vanished and gone, the bountiful state will be firm and flourishing. His righteousness shall endure forever." This promise comes to all those who trust in the Lord. He will bless those who are faithful, who will not be moved, and who echo all of their prayers with the sound of praise. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness, for the blessing that you promise to those who stand against opposition, who stand faithfully, who stand in obedience, who stand with joy, who stand in praise, honoring and glorifying God above all. We thank you for your goodness. May we continue to strive toward honoring you. And may we remember that what we do in this life matters, but it matters as the moon reflecting the sun, that you are the one who deserves all glory, all fame, all praise. We are here to simply show that to others. Help us to do so this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.